I caught the travel bug a few years ago, and I recently came back from South Korea. And a trip that was posted on my Facebook page that cost very, very little money in the grand scheme of things is the reason why I'm, I went to Korea specifically, but I realize now it's the reason why I'm going to be traveling in the future. You know, monetarily, it's hard to get time off with my schedule. And it's hard to be able to afford to go anywhere for a long extended stay and really enjoy the value. Yeah, because it's one thing to get there and to cover that cost, then to actually enjoy yourself and to immerse yourself in where you're going is a whole other matter. I just chose Korea based on the inexpensiveness of the food and the culture and the experiences I could have there, plus this amazing deal that I found. And I posted this deal as well. And a close friend of mine that I worked with for many years, Josie Dizon, she and I known each other from the media worlds from various lives ago. And she also did the same trip just a week after I did. And we talk about our food experiences in general, but especially about traveling to South Korea. And it might give you an idea of going to South Korea and what to expect. Also, um, Josie is a very well-traveled woman, and um, I'll be linking her Facebook um, or her email to the description below. And the idea is if you want to learn about traveling to East Asia or the Philippines or Thailand, she's the one you want to talk to. I'm trying to make her into a consultant for basically people to call her up and be like, where do we go? Where do we eat? And this is for Toronto too. She's very much like me in that sense. So this is just a, uh, this is a, a really great show because Josie's not a chef. She's a socialite such as myself who really just knows her way around a map traveling, airplanes, cooking, eating, friends, family, and she's the perfect type of person that we really want to encourage coming onto the show and helping us make Speaking Duck the type of show that it is. My dear friend, Josie Dizon on Speaking Duck. How long have you actually been in Toronto for since your return? Uh, 24 hours. Like actually? Yeah, I You've only had one sleep? Or not even 24 hours. I landed at 525 yesterday. So I've literally been back for like 19 hours. What are the best airlines out of the ones you have taken and why in this trip? Um, well, the best flights were probably... The first flight from Toronto to New York, and that was Air Canada. That was pretty quick, pretty good. Um, then the Delta flight. So the Delta flight would have been from New York to Milan. So that was just because it was a newer plane too. So we had Wi-Fi on it for free. Now, I had Wi-Fi for free on mine as well. Yeah. But you had to go through this process, yeah. but then it wasn't free. Yeah, I think mine was, but I never used it because I fell asleep. Like the thing is, when you know that you're traveling nonstop, I've, I kind of set my body for 
going to sleep if I was in a moving vehicle. So I never lasted more than five minutes. I sleep better uncomfortably on a plane yes. than I do in my comfortable bed. Yes. It's bizarre. It's true. Like the longest flight... Okay, so I've technically been in three countries in the last... Sorry, three continents in the last three weeks, right? Yeah. I was in North America for a week. I was in Asia for a week and a half. And then I was in Europe for a week. So any long flight I had, I basically slept before the plane took off. And out of the three flights, I was asleep twice when we landed. So that's how I woke up. Because my brain is attached to my stomach. Yes. I find that sleeping on the plane is generally ruined by my want for my next plane food meal or snack. Yes. Well, I hear if I if I hear the cart, then you I wake, wake up because I, I also want the free booze. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because that helps you sleep. Yes, and because with certain, I knew with certain flights, I'd get drinks that I wouldn't get anywhere else. So, like, if I was on a North American flight, I'm like, give me my Clamato juice because I, I, I die for Caesars, right? I love Caesars. So, I knew I wasn't going to have one for three weeks. So, I'm like, give me the Clamato juice. Like, any North American flight, give it to me. And then on my Asian flights, because I flew with Philippine Airlines, I knew I would get San Miguel Light, which is a beer that I can't get anywhere but in the Philippines. So, like, literally, like, the last hour of the flight where they're giving you drinks where, before I knew I was going to land in Vancouver, I'm like, give me San Miguel Light. And they're like, oh, it's kind of early. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, give it to me. I'm not going to have it again. Is there really a time when you're 50,000 feet in the air? Like, there's no, like, 8 a.m., 12 p.m. Like, all of yeah, you are all on different weird. times. Exactly. You know? Well, I kind of, I checked it out. I kind of did the math, and I changed time zones every three days technically so yeah my body's totally messed up yeah how does that work when you're trying to get to a new location you know if you're landing at night or if you're landing at day and your body doesn't really yeah. have a choice what's your trick i think when i when i land i try to not to sleep like i try to go with it and then it's really kind of bad but if i arrive at night and i know that i need to sleep i'll just drink until pass out isn't that the trick though because <laughs> drinking also makes you sleep less yeah. but it gets you back into the that's groove right yeah. it's the groove that you're trying to yeah. shoot for i when i i also uh flew delta yeah when i flew to seoul yeah but was it in partnership because mine was partnership with alitalia no oh see because i had because we both got these weird deals right yeah and so my both... weird deal meant i left Toronto Wednesday morning. Yeah. And I was in Detroit mm -hmm. before noon. Okay. And then I don't think my plane took off f until like two ish. Okay. So you're in the air. Like I was in the air for like 18 hours, like 16 yeah. hours if you had the. Well, I remember Detroit when, when we were talking at some point, you're like, I know how you feel because it, it took me eight hours longer to get to Seoul than it should have because we had a problem with it and I yeah, got stuck I saw in the airport. That. Yeah, I got stuck in the airport, which was fine, but you couldn't charge any of your electronics. So like everyone was kind of searching around. Actually we we were stuck in Amsterdam. That's where I was stuck. I was stuck in Amsterdam, yeah. Going to Korea. 
So I actually lost about eight hours in Korea, which kind of pissed me off because I'm like, oh, that's less time to eat because I already had this whole plan. Mm. And then it didn't work out. I ended up, instead of going to a restaurant, going to a soju tent and drinking. When I landed, I dropped all my stuff at the hostel, showered up, yeah. went and hit the town with a map. It was yeah. nighttime. I landed. So I, I left Wednesday morning, Toronto, and I arrived Thursday night, Seoul, yeah. Hongdae. I... So you were staying a little bit further um, west than I was. I think I was more central than you were. Because I was at Insadong. In Insadong, okay. You did visit there, didn't you? Did you go? That's where they... It's more artsy. Like, there's a lot of little cafes and, like, a lot of art studios where people were selling off, like, um, like jewelry and paper. It's just one little street. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I yeah. remember the only thing that that reminds me of, but I know it's a little bit more of a luxurious version, was Garrosil Gill. Oh, okay. Which is like next to Gangnam. Yeah. Which is like a posh Yeah, so you went the version. other way. I didn't do that. I went to Gangnam once. I was like, I'm not going to cross the river anymore because I wanted it to be central. Gangnam was my second last night. Mm-hmm. And it caused me to lose an entire next day because of the food poisoning I got in oh, Gangnam. Oh, no. I know you told me chicken, right? It was... My friend, like, insisted... Like, I mean, when you're traveling in a country like Korea, South Korea, and you're a food traveler like me, like, you're going to sit down at a nice restaurant mm-hmm. when you're going to eat and pay for it and, and enjoy yourself. And then there's moments where you're like, I'm trying to spend as little money as possible. Yeah. To just fill the void of, of snackiness that I have. I, yeah. You know, if I was home, I'd probably eat a banana. Yeah. But, you know, I'm in Korea. I'm yeah. going to eat fried Not like chicken. Me. Not like me who tried the $14 orange. Yeah, well, like, it's not yeah. that you tried a yeah. $14 orange. You've had an orange before, <laughs> yeah. okay? Yeah. You just had it in an, a location that doesn't import. Well, it was grown locally. Oh, it's okay. a Jeju Island orange. That's why it was so expensive. So it was a local orange. It was a That's local why orange. So, see, yeah. my my impression is because they don't import a lot of fresh yeah. stuff. Yeah. That produce in the market is like three times the price. Mm-hmm. My friends were telling me they're paying like three dollars for a red pepper. Yeah. In their market. Yeah. So when I saw your picture of a $14 orange, I'm like, okay, you must have gotten that. That that, that must be just because of the import price. But this is a local. Yeah. And did it taste like an orange? It tasted (laughs) like an orange, but it wasn't as acidic as like something from Florida. And it was pretty juicy. Like everyone's asking me, I'm like, hmm, I should ponder. So I was like, I ate it really slowly. And I was like, yeah, it tastes better. It's probably worth $5 to me. Like I'd pay $5 for it. Really though? Yeah, I would. I've paid for many things that I... Where do you... Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You've paid for things that you shouldn't have paid for that yeah. much. But I, we get it. That's part of the... Yeah. That's part of your... Yeah. Let's say, MO. Yeah. Well, your... I did it because I was writing about it. Like, I was writing about all the random things that I was eating. So I figured, I'm like, let's try. So I would try, like, a dollar sandwich, like, in Prague, that everyone's like, oh, this is, like, the best dollar sandwich you'd ever have, which it was. Like it's probably that sandwich is probably worth. I would pay ten bucks for it, and then they were like, "Oh, would you pay like fifty cents for?" Actually, I paid sixteen pesos, which is probably about forty cents for a balot, which is like yeah, 
Balut. Uh, Balut, yeah. Yeah. So wh- what country the, did you eat Balut in? Philippines, of course. Okay, so this was when you made it to Philippines. We're going to we're gonna have some of these sporadic stories, and then you're yeah. going to have to tell us exactly okay, your where path. where I was, yes. And your route. But tell well, do you want us... me to start with the path? What happened? Well, I mean, do you want to talk about Balut? Sure. First, just as like a... Re- like, sure. Like, so... Josie, just give us a little bit of an understanding of why you're eating $14, $15 oranges, dollar sandwiches in Prague, yeah. and Balut. Okay, so all my friends come to me. I'm like the go-to in terms of like where to eat in Toronto. So everyone was kind of interested in what I'd be eating on my trip because they knew that I would definitely go out to an expensive meal at least once per country. And then they knew that I would also like eat street food. So I like... I'm not the kind of person that will only eat one kind. I will like experiment and I'll talk to locals and I'll go wherever. I'll go near, far, I'll travel to eat something. So I kind of wanted to go with the whole spectrum. So how Balut started was I'm Filipino and in my 33 years, I have never tried this delicacy that everyone's talking about. So I kind of talked myself into it that I would do it, but I never actually planned on where I was doing it. Because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. But I don't think I was really going to do it. So in the Philippines, um, I met up with my dad's best friend. So he was here about five years ago and we've been connected ever since. We're friends on Facebook. We talk all the time. And he took me out with his family. So we're sitting in this country club and we're ordering food, and then they're all asking me about what I've been eating just because they know I, I've been writing about this stuff. And I said, well, you know, the most in, the most interesting thing I had was live octopus, but I really kind of want to try balut, but I don't know where I could try it. So he has a daughter and three sons, and two of the sons kept on disappearing, and I was wondering why. And they were looking for balut. So they ended up paying this guy to go find a street vendor to go find balut. So midway into dinner, they came back and there was this bag with two eggs in it. I was like, oh boy, here we go, right? So first of all, they said, oh, go eat it by yourself. And I said, I don't know the process. Like there's a weird process because you always hear that there's some sort of soup inside and you have to eat it a certain way. So Carlos, who's the oldest brother, showed me. So you basically crack it open like you're eating a soft boiled egg. So you put a hole in the top and you drink the liquid. And then you open it up and then the egg is split into two different parts. So there's like a yellow yolky part. So you separate that and you eat that. So it's just, it tastes exactly like a yolk, except it's harder. So it's like, okay, it's not bad. The soup is pretty good. The yolk is pretty bad. And then there's a white piece that if you open, you see a semi-formed chick. And I thought that if I opened it, I wouldn't eat it, so I just threw the whole thing in my mouth. And, Come on. And I chewed it. I have video. I can show you later. I didn't want to post it on Facebook because I think people would be upset about it. But, um, yeah, I chewed it a couple times, and I chugged a beer, and I ate it. And I was like, okay, I didn't feel anything. Like, I didn't taste any feathers or whatever. They told me that I probably got a good one because Carlos's, he opened it, and there was no formed beak or anything like that. But usually there's... Feathers and a beak in it. And, yeah. Let's give a really good definition <laughs> and explanation of what balut or balut, balut yeah. that it, it is. So it's... What it is. It's, it's a, usually a duck egg. And it's, a, I guess, it's already formed, I guess, a little bit. So 
I don't know, it's like an embryo. And in Asia, it's very popular. It's a delicacy. But because I grew up in North America, I never really wanted to try it, right? And it's a fear factor thing. Like if you say balut or everyone's like, oh, fear factor. And you should see my Facebook. As soon as they said I ate it, everyone's like, well, fear is not a factor for you. And I'm like, <laughs> it was. When you have nine people staring at you at a table thinking you're going to eat it, you do. It's an elder, right? Like if someone's saying you should eat it. I can't say no. So this younger boy of the father, your father's best mm. friend, the son. Well, his, he's 39, but yeah. Oh, 39. Yeah, he's okay, 39. I was going to ask. Yeah, he was 39. He has his he So has he's two kids. really exposed okay, yeah. to this before. Yeah. yeah you, okay, sorry. Sounded like uh, oh, no, a no, younger no. child eating no. this. So how is it prepared? It's boiled. They just grab it from the market? No, actually, like it's cyclist a guy on a bicycle goes around and he has a basket and there's the eggs inside the basket and so he just bought the two eggs so each egg is like 40 cents because okay so egg cost right toronto canada we buy it by the dozen in the philippines you can actually buy it singular so okay so it's 40 pesos to one dollar so a single regular egg costs five pesos so what that's like 15 cents Okay. 15 cents for an egg, but a balut would cost three times that amount. So it's 16 pesos for an egg. Now, do you think that they eat it for flavor or texture or... It's a Filipino thing. It's just a just thing. A it's a delicacy. Just a delicacy. Yeah. Well, remember in Philippines, like, I, I find it really hard to explain to people what Filipino food is, but it's really peasant food, right? Because they're not really that rich. Or if you are rich, you're eating Western food. Or you're eating like high-end Filipino food, but it's really like, it takes a long time to make, but it's relatively like simple ingredients, right? You're just adding stuff together. It, it takes a long time to make. So, I mean, I don't know how they figured out how to do it, but it's a delicacy. So it's like a street food. Another street food is fried chicken intestines. That sounds better. It's delicious. I like that stuff. Yeah. I, like, I like peasant yeah. food. Yeah. I like rustic Italian yeah. peasant yeah. style, and even Jew. A lot of Jewish food, yeah. liver, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I, it, to me, liver is not like because they don't. I don't waste, look down right? upon no, it. No, you no. know what I mean? Like I, but I love it. In North America, we kind of waste some things, right? So if you're gonna, we don't buy the whole pig, or we don't buy the whole chicken. You buy the chicken; it's already clean. You buy the fish; it's ready filleted. Whereas there, they buy everything and then they use every part, right? So like, there's also another street food called sisig, which is like the face so they chop up parts of the pig face and it turns into this dish but you can't tell obviously because it's chopped up so i ate that too well, that's like the fattiness is probably really tasty and it's they probably tasty. crisp it up really yeah, good they do. yeah i mean that's they do you eat it with rice that's great and, yeah. yeah that sounds like more like a chinese dish than anything yeah, yeah. But so, I was eating all that, like any, basically when I went to the Philippines, I'm just giving me everything and I'll eat it and I'll just describe to people what it is. Cause if you asked me three years ago, what I've eaten that I wouldn't have. Why? Um, well, so my godfather's brother is a chef and whenever I go to his house, they always cook this weird stuff. Like I've had goat's brains and. Like, I ate Seasig for the first time there, and I just feel like every time he offers me something, because he's an elder, I can't say no. It's the it's a cultural thing with Filipinos. It's I don't know if it's necessarily in every culture, but for me, if someone puts something in front of me and asks me to eat it, unless I'm allergic, I'm not going to say no. 
So that's how we ended up starting eating all these things. And eventually I was like, oh, it's not that bad. I like it. And then I come back here and, you know, it's not necessarily things that everyone else would eat, but I like it. So. We don't really have a lot of weird stuff in Toronto. No, we don't. Well, we have CNE stuff like <laughs> fried Mars bars. Or That's so funny that you have to go to that chicken. extreme. But it's true, right? Yeah, I know. It's like, I guess that's the closest thing we get to street food. Yeah, I guess. Well, where's our street food? Our street food's not really entertaining. It's hot dogs. And I guess with with food trucks now, it's getting better, but it's still like... They're making it very difficult for them. Yeah, it's tacos or... Let's just say it. Corn Tron on a stick. Toronto's become very taco savvy. Yeah. Like very yeah. taco... But the street food in Korea was probably better to eat because you kind of knew it was safer. The street food in the Philippines, I had to pick and choose because I really didn't want to get sick there. My problem with the street food in Korea is that it was all the same. Yeah. Everywhere you went. Yeah. And it was mostly fried stuff. Yeah. And dakbokki, like the rice cakes. And yeah, the... I like the rice cakes. Yeah. And I like how, you know, as a culture, you finish work, mm -hmm. you head out to the main streets before you hit the subway, you sit with a few friends, you get your toothpicks, you get a yeah. bunch of fried kind of tempura battered style yeah. foods. <coughs> pancakes. Your, your pancakes, yeah. your rice cakes. Sometimes they had like weird American stuff like burgers. Oh, I didn't eat any of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, no, I didn't eat that stuff either. But you have like a cute little Korean lady who's like four feet tall being like, where are you from? Yeah. You're from Canada? The only time I ate like any sort of McDonald's-y sort of thing was, okay, so Philippines is the only country in the world, as far as I know, where McDonald's does not lead fast food. It's actually a, a place called Jolly Bee. So they sell everything from hamburgers to spaghetti to noodles. That's the way any fast food place is. So I technically landed in Manila and my aunt picked me up and she's like, okay, where do you want to eat? And I'm like, just drive me to Jolly Bee's. Wow. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm just, I just want palavok and spaghetti. And she's like, out of all the things, like you've been all over the world and you're eating all this great food and all you want is Jolly Bees. I'm like, yes, because we can't get it here. I think there's one in Queens, but I haven't been yet. Interesting. Yeah. See, McDonald's internationally is like a rite of passage. I know, that's what you said, but yeah. I was like, no, I can't do it. Are you got, are you, I mean, like, I only go to eat the menu items that you can never get in any well, other What was place. the thing for... I had a bulgogi burger Okay, that's in what Korea. I thought. Did you have bulgogi pizza? No. Well, they have bulgogi pizza. Where? Not a Domino's. Domino's, yeah. okay. Yeah, no, I can only... Li I mean, like, McDonald's is probably... Like, I'm not eating much fast food in general, let it be mm -hmm. in Toronto or traveling. Yeah. But I feel like if I had to go and choose one, yeah. it's McDonald's. For me, it's coffee shops. See, I'll always have a... Even though I'm not a coffee drinker, like, I'm a tea drinker, but when I'm on vacation, I drink coffee. So, Korea's Dunkin' Donuts is, like, the equivalent of Tim Hortons here. I walked into one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was told that there was a broccoli donut. Yes. I didn't try it. I didn't see it, but yeah. I hear like just for some sort of health craze that because Koreans are so concerned about how they look, mm -hmm. there's a plastic surgery oh, clinic and gym on every corner. Yes. But yeah, I was excited to see this broccoli donut to no avail. But yeah, I walked into a Dunkin' Donuts when I got out of the Gayong Bukgong Palace. Mm -hmm. I was in the art neighborhood, which is kind of, I think... It's close to me. That's where I was living. In Sedong? Is that in near Sedong. in Sedong? I was in Anguk. Anguk. Yeah, yeah. So they're all in like a pretty much the same yeah. little pocket. So Zhongno. I, Zhongno. I yeah. think I walked from Gayong Bukgong to in Sedong. Yeah. Don't, don't quote me. I it's might okay. be wrong. But 
I, I remember walking through the, the artsy neighborhood of that neighborhood. Yeah. And like, that's when the cafes started getting really expensive. Yeah. And I'm like, not into it. Well, like Korea, there's so many different neighborhoods. You can, like, we both had about a week there, right? Mm-hmm. You have a week, I had yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see everything. I, you know what? I'm the type of person that will see everything. Yeah. And I was with my friends who were teaching out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were actually at an f- international food expo of all things to do there. And I was so jealous when I saw that. It was, was kind like, of interesting. Oh, so, so we were in the jealous. Coex Center. Coex They're Mall, like, that's Gangnam, right? Yeah. No, yeah, next to Gangnam. Mm-hmm. And it's basically their convention center. They got like a hockey rink in there. Mm-hmm. And it's the old uh, kimchi museum that wasn't there because they're doing renovations yeah, I when lived I was there. the new kimchi museum. Oh, you did? Yeah, so the, it, the building beside the new kimchi museum is where I was staying. Is it office hotel? In what city? Or what town? It was Anguk. What station? Well, Anguk? is Anguk subway stations right below my building. Interesting. So, yeah. even during that food expo, we got there, we were moving really slow that first day. All of our schedules, like, they wanted to sleep in, it's like their weekend, and I'm still kind of figuring out yeah. my life as far as jet lag is concerned. And we get to the food expo and it's just massive. It's four like showrooms big. So it's mm-hmm. like four different halls. And my friend Kate, who's teaching English out there, is coming back soon. She's like, you know, we can go through this slowly and see everything, or we can like split up, or we can just, you know, understand that there's no way you're gonna see everything. Or try everything, yeah. And try everything and wait in line and do all these things. So we might as well just go with the flow. So I kind of Took that as my mantra for the rest of my trip. Yeah. Because I was go, before they even met up with them, I was go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. And I was only without them for like a day and a half. Yeah. And I did a lot. Yeah. And when I finally got that mantra and I was like, okay, you know, like I'm here for a week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the big stuff. I got most of that out of the way. And then my last day, like I wanted to go to the Nam Sam Park and I wanted to go to the Seoul Tower, but I was yeah. sick. Oh, yeah. You know, but I had a I had company. I had a friend with me. Thank you, Zoe, for spending the day with me, <laughs> a local friend. Yeah. And, you know, that was just as a nice experience as, as going out, but... You know, like, at the end of the day, I was, like, I was just so happy to be there, relaxing, mm-hmm. and not home. Yeah. You know? So, you can't see everything. No. Nor will you. And it's not going anywhere. Will I go back? Maybe. Yeah. If the price is right. Yeah. If I find another well, fire sale. I'm going sale. in October. I'll go next year. Legitimately. You're ready to go back? Yeah. How come? Um. Well, okay. So, I have two sisters. There's three of us. And my youngest sister is 10 years younger than me. And she's finally graduating from university. So we've made this pact that we're going to go on vacation together when she graduates. So we're going to do Asia. So probably Japan, Korea, Philippines. Oh, so like a real Asian trip. Not yeah. like a jump into Asia like we did and then jump out. I mean, you were in the Philippines no. as well. Yeah. But I mean, you could spend But I've weeks. done that before, right? I've, re- I've been to Korea twice before. So, uh-huh. but I haven't been in seven years. This is the first time I've been in seven. It changed a lot. Have you been to Tokyo? Yes, seven years ago. Okay, so you did an Asian trip seven years ago. Yeah, I did Singapore, uh, Tokyo, Seoul, and Manila. I hear and that. And Boracay, which is the island, white island beach in Philippines. I hear that you need a few weeks in Tokyo, at least, or at least two. Yeah, I think even Seoul, though. Like, for me, I think Seoul, you need 10 days if you want to see everything. I was content with my yeah. se- my less than yeah. seven days, to yeah. be honest. yeah. 
I, but, and, see, but I was I, go, 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 yeah. go, go, go. Like I, I burnt myself yeah. out by the time I was done. Because I did Suwon one day. So that was, an, it takes an hour and a half to go to Suwon. What's Suwon? Um, it's a, I guess a city outside or a town outside of Seoul. And they had a Korean folk village there. So it's a historical village. So they do a lot of filming there. So I actually watch Korean television. So I saw a lot of the sets where... The dramas I, I love are were being filmed. So, do they have English subtitles? Yeah, the ones that I watch have English subtitles. But I've picked up a little bit of Korean over the years because I watch so much TV. Sure. But when I went there, they were having a a drama festival, so it was kind of cool. Even though it was raining, I still went, and you know, you'd walk through the village, and then they'd have a big sign saying, "This is where we shot this drama, and this is where this scene was." So you'd be in, in like the house where a certain scene was taking place of your favorite drama so i mean that was worth a trek for me and their food court was awesome oh yeah their food court was awesome but of course i'm by myself so i limited choices it's true korea you have to it's a group eating experience mm-hmm. the thing is this is how it was explained to me you eat when you drink yeah you drink when you eat yes but exactly. you're never done you never do it alone you're always with people. I did people. it alone. Oh, of yeah. course, I did it yeah. alone too. The funny thing is the first night that I landed, I saw a Westerner or mm-hmm. who I thought was a Westerner yeah. eating street food. So I went up to talk to the guy. He was a similar age to mine, a, a gentleman from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Mike Walters. Mike a power Walter. lifter from Switzerland. Power lifter. He was a big dude. Oh, shoot. So <laughs> he generally eats by himself, mm-hmm. which is probably it's, not best for him. Yeah. But, well, he probably should since he needs all... But he doesn't powerlift here, right? He was a powerlifter in Switzerland, oh, I should clarify, and now he's doing East Asian studies. Mm. That's why he was in Korea at the time for eight months at that point and in Hongdae. So when I landed, he was the first person I interacted with. He ended up taking me all around Hongdae, taking me to his favorite oh, nice. barbecue place and went to an expat bar, a couple of them, and then went for fried chicken and that was my first night. And yeah. then on the way home, we bumped into some Which locals. Which fried chicken did you go to though? So... In Hongdae, there's these kitty corner ones. Yeah. One one is like... It's not Bonchon and Kyochan, is it? Yeah, so Kyochan is like the standard. Yeah. I went to Kyochan the first one. Okay. Which was good. Yeah. They have them in New York, by the way, so if you ever need Come a Come on! Same thing. Kyochan, Bonchon, across the street from each other. That's hilarious. Yes. I went to both eventually, yeah. but I started with Kyochan okay. first. Because I wanted the southern style yeah. fried chicken. You get your like... Sugary pretzels, your like corn coleslaw, your corn slaw. Did you get the pickled radish? Yeah, I didn't like the pickled oh, radish. Their style, at the least. So- you drink. Oh, jeez. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And then I asked part. for hot sauce. Big mistake. That stuff was ridiculously hot. Yeah. Then I asked for their sweet sauce, which was still ridiculously yeah. hot, but sweet. And then on our way home, these two locals were like, oh, big white guys. Where are you guys from? <laughs> We're like, oh, you know, I'm from Canada, he's from Switzerland. Uh, he's like, my Mike, Mike's like, okay, this is where I live, bye, like, we'll see you later. And then there's me and these two Korean dudes, and I was like, guys, you guys got to get me home. Like, I, no, <laughs> I don't know, I thought I knew where I was going. Yeah. And then we looked it up on his phone, he's like, oh, I'm right around the corner from okay. you. So it was perfect. And yeah. Because it's easy to get lost It is. It's so my, easy to get lost. Another friend of mine, while his explanation to me before... I left. He said, listen, I will take my friends there, broad daylight. 
I will put them in a street corner, and I'll tell them to memorize everything that's around them, and then I'll take them there at nighttime. Different. And then you have no idea where you are. It's completely different, yeah. So let's talk about your trip, though. Okay. Let's talk about if you want to talk cost. Okay. If you want to talk airlines, if you want to leave stuff out. Okay. I just want to know from beginning to end, mm-hmm. you know, where did you start? What was your, where were your flights taking off from? What were your best experiences? What were some of your not so best? Okay, so let's start with actually, just to verify, you and I are friends. We are friends. We're like, friends. Quick, quick explanation yeah. of our friendship. We used to work together. Yes. At uh, I guess you could say City? City before it was split into well, two. Actually, it was City TV before it became City, right? Right. Yes. And it before it came Rogers. Yes. We worked at two ninety nine. Yes. Queen Street West together. Yeah. For a few years, quite a few years. Yeah. We were closer than most of the people that I was working with because yeah. I just think we had similar interests well, and age. I'm nicer too. <laughs> we're going to leave that conversation <laughs> no, no, for, no, no. for another no, but time. I mean, like, I generally will always say hi to everybody. You are very like, social. To the janitor, to the VP. Like, well, I will say, I'll treat everyone the same. I was thinking about what I was going to call you coming on to this show. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's Josie Dazan Socialite. Toronto <laughs> Socialite. That's exactly what you are. So. Yeah, no, I mean, that is so true of you. Yeah. But you and I also had a little bit more of a, yeah. an extensive relationship yeah. past just hello. Yeah. And um, we've kept in touch since yeah. and you're still working in the field. I, I mean, I'm still working in, 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 in different ways, but you're actually still in the control room. Yes. Plucking away. I am. At CBC. At CBC, working news and sports now. So wow. I've kind of broadened my horizons a little bit. But you've totally grown into it. Like, it's totally... Yeah. I, like, did I ever see you doing some of this? I didn't think you couldn't, but I didn't expect you to be as deep as you are. So good... For, I mean, yeah. I, I, this is me congratulating oh. you. It might not sound like that at, at first, but I mean, yeah. it's impressive, Well, like, on my honest. resume, I'm not only an AD. Like, I've directed before. I've done resources. Like, I've floored. So, like, I mean, there's... Like, I think that's the reason why, like, in this industry, we consistently get laid off, but I consistently get work no matter what, just because I can do different jobs. And because I guess I socialize a lot, like, I have a lot of friends out there, so they like to take care of me or when they know that I'm, that I'm available, like, okay, I got laid off at City. I was a director. Within 20 minutes, I got work. And that's kind of a record. Well, you know, yeah. for these types of major broadcasting layoffs in Canada or in Toronto mm-hmm. specifically, they work in two different ways. Yeah. For 95% of the people, it's horrible. Yeah. It's a, a just, a, just a kick in the nuts. Yeah. Like you just, you don't feel good about it. You've, you've done all you can to be in there. Mm-hmm. And then once you're there, you're like, oh, there, there's got to be a safety net. And there isn't. Yeah. But for the other 5%, probably even less... It's good. Yeah. Some people get promoted. Some people yeah, are me, the young the blood too. Best thing usually that ever happens because I've been laid off twice, and both times I've kind of come back in a better position. So, like, I mean, I'm doing a lower job, but I'm in a better station. Like to me, because I'm in a national station versus a local station. So, with I mean, some national programming, yeah. but you were doing local program for the most part. Yeah. And it's, I mean. It's, you're working in Toronto, yeah. the big, one of the biggest metropolitan cities in the world. Yeah. On a broadcasting level, we're humongous in Canada. Exactly. So exactly. You can't complain about that. But let's fast forward. Okay, we've so always kept in touch. Yes. And now we've been meaning to get together because we've both been on our travel adventures yes. recently. And this and is so culmination of all that. I missed 
the flight that you got. Right. Because you posted it, and I was like, oh my god, I need to go. Because I was trying to figure out dates maybe to go around the same time you were or overlapping with you. But I missed it by a couple of hours. So I was kind of disappointed. So you told me about this website, or you posted about this website, and I joined this website. And a week later, boom, this flight goes on sale. So Priceline had a mistake price, I guess, on two flights. So you'd have to start in New York, and then it would go to Milan, and then you'd go to Prague, and then have a flight to somewhere in Asia. And it was costing people about $200 on average. For the all of those flights? Well, New York to Milan and Prague to question mark. Was $200? Yes. Wow, that's better than the deal that yes, I got. Exactly. And my deal was ridiculous. Yes, I know. So thank you for helping <laughs> for helping me, essentially. Actually, I, you can thank Vin, my friend Vincent Louis for yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Vincent, yeah. whoever you are. Exactly. Um, so... He what? went to Beijing, I think, with that deal. With, that, with the one that I got or the one that you got? The one I got. Okay. I think he ended up going to China. Okay. So it says, somehow you have to get yourself to New York, which for us is super easy, right? A flight, a bus, whatever. It's easy peasy. And then, so I decided since I missed out on the Seoul $400, $500 flight that I was going to go to Seoul. So I paid a little bit more than everyone else did because I guess it was a destination that not many people were going to. So I ended up booking Toronto, sorry, I ended up booking New York to Milan and Prague to Seoul for 282 Canadian. Wow. And then that's how we started. So this was, I guess, early May. What originally happened was I missed it again. Like I kept on trying to book it on my phone and it wouldn't let me. And then I went out drinking with my girlfriend because I was so upset. I'm like, I missed this flight again. <laughs> then I went home and I booked it and it was available. So wow. there I was. So essentially from there... I knew I had six months in advance, so I was trying to figure out how much vacation I would have, how much loo time I would have. And about, I guess, three months ago, I figured out that I could get three weeks. So I booked Vancouver. Like, I knew I was going to take Vancouver on the way home. So my trip was going to be Toronto, New York, Milan, um, Prague, Seoul, Vancouver. But then, so I got laid off last year in June. And I went to Portugal when I got laid off as this trip because I was supposed to go originally when Hurricane Sandy hit and my flight got canceled because of all the stuff that was happening in New York. So I had this ticket. So I went to Portugal for three weeks and I met these three super cool Italian guys that kind of took me under their wing and took me around and we stay friends and I write to them in Italian and then they write back to me in Italian and I use my Google translator and I translate back. So we've kept in touch. And they said, don't go to Milan, come meet us in Venice. So then my trip turned into New York, Milan, Venice, Prague, Seoul, Vancouver. Mid-trip? Or was this planned before you left? This was like... It, like, did you have to book the flight? No, it wasn't a flight. It, in Euro-rail? Italy, you don't, you don't fly in the country. You take the train. So... I didn't book my train tickets in fear that I would be delayed somewhere. Right. And then, lo and behold, I'd miss my my train and I'd have to pay extra anyway. So I kind of left the tickets open. So I knew I was going to Venice. And then two months, two, three months before I was going to leave, my uncle called me 
from the Philippines and said he was sick. And he's like, you better come see me. You know, he kind of guilt tricked me a little bit. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to switch it a little bit. So then I added Philippines or added Manila. And then that turned out to be the, the final sort of destination. So it was Toronto to New York, New York to Milan, Milan to Venice, Venice back to Milan, fly from Milan to Prague, Prague to Seoul, Seoul to Manila, Manila to Vancouver, Vancouver, Toronto in 22 days. What are some of the tips and tricks you learned booking while you were there or booking in advance or Mm -hmm. getting to places and realizing you could have saved money or maybe you spent too much? Um, I was pretty good. Like the only thing that I could have saved on was that train ticket. But like I said, if I was delayed, I'd be in trouble. Um, I like to fly in the morning if I know it's close. So then like, for example, to Prague, I flew in the morning. So sorry, when I was, yeah, when I was going to Prague, so I flew from Milan in the morning. So I would get to Prague in the morning. So I'd have the day. Or if I knew I was flying a long trip, like when I was flying from Manila to Vancouver, I flew at night. So I wouldn't have to pay for a hotel and I would not waste really the whole day. Like I'd have a full day in Manila. And then, boom, I'm in Vancouver. It's the afternoon, but I'm still, it's still relatively good. Like I made up a day because I was 16 hours behind. So I think it's just picking the right times to travel. And then everything else kind of just fell together. Like you kind of talk to your friends and say, okay, how long do I really need in Prague? And everyone said, well, you need three days. So I made sure I had three days. Or how long do I need in Vancouver? Well, you probably need three days, four days. So... I just kind of listened to people and then I booked well in advance on, um, for hotels. So I did Priceline or Hotwire where you don't really know where you're going to stay, but you kind of budgeted it that way. How did that work out? Um, I only spent $80 a night in Europe. So for any place in Italy, I only spent 80 bucks by myself, which is cheaper than a hostel. Because when you're by yourself, you have to pay for two beds for a private room in a hostel. And I'm at the age where I'm sorry, I'm not going to stay in a dorm room with a bunch of people. I know I can, but it's not something that I want to do. I'm the same way. Yeah. So I paid for hotel rooms. So $80 a night in Venice, $80 a night in Milan, $40 a night in Prague because everything's cheaper there. And by the way, these are all four stars. They're not like... Oh, really? Yeah, they were not like three stars. And they were all a little bit outside of the city center, which is perfect for me because I didn't want to be in the hustle and bustle at that point. Like I kind of wanted to go into my little neighborhood and enjoy that at night or before the subway closed. Because in Europe, a lot of the subways close at midnight. Yeah, but that's Korea Yeah, as well. But they have buses still. Their buses run. So there's no buses running after midnight. Well, there are, but it was kind of, it was more out of the way. Interesting. Yeah. Does that mean it's less safe after midnight? No. I, all the places I went to, I made sure that they were pretty safe. Except for Manila, right? That I wouldn't go there on my own without the family. Because I did have an incident where I lost my wallet there. But thankfully, I had my ATM and my passport in a different location. Always so. have your yeah, stuff in yeah, another boot. Yeah, Always exactly. have it separated in your other boot. Exactly. But, um, That's what Maverick used to say. I did Airbnb in Seoul. Me too. Yeah, but I have a friend who owns a guest house and I didn't stay with him because I kind of wanted my privacy. Like I didn't want to 
want to be with a bunch of people. I kind of wanted to, if people want to see me, then they would see me and I would just meet them wherever. And I wanted a washer dryer to myself because I did everything carry on until I got to Seoul. Wow. So that's when I bought luggage. So can you imagine New York? I went with an empty luggage to buy whatever I needed to buy, like clothing wise. And then I went to Milan and Venice, Milan, the capital of fashion. I didn't buy anything. Too expensive? No, it wasn't. There was some stuff that was too expensive, but I just felt like if I'm going to New York and I pack everything in, I don't want to add to what I'm carrying because you have to carry that to the end, right? So I thought strategically, I'm like, whatever I carry now, I have to continue with this. So make sure it's worth it for you. I just didn't find anything that was worthwhile for me anyway. How much did you budget for, so 22 days? 22 days. So my flights cost about $1,300. That's pretty good. And then for hotels and Airbnb, about 1000 So I spent about 2003 And then I kind of didn't really budget food and spending-wise. I kind of did like, okay, here's, because I went to six different countries, I had at least $50 in, of each currency in my wallet. So that was about 500 bucks. And then I had another 300 set aside. And then I got paid twice while I was on vacation. So I kind of spent whatever I needed to out of those paychecks. Sweet. Yeah. So I was like, eh. I didn't have to go into my credit card that often. I did a couple times, but it wasn't anything. I went. I paid my credit card to go to the symphony. That was about it. Which country was that? Prague. Or it was Czech. Czech so Republic. was Prague probably the least expensive, but one of the more fun places to be? For the bars, yeah. Best bars I've ever been to. Really? Yeah. And I've been to a lot of bars in a lot of countries. Uh, I made sure that I really researched that because I said, I know the food's kind of crappy. So I kind of was trying to figure out, is it more worth it for me to do a really, really expensive fine dining experience in Prague? Or is it better for me to go to the really expensive bars? Expensive for them, but $10 a drink for us, which is... Nothing really. If you go to a shishi poo club, you're paying more than that. So ten dollars a drink is nothing. I still want to see this one dollar, ten dollar sandwich. Yeah, because I would eat ten one dollar sandwiches. It was so good. It was like a beet. It's a beet marmalade, and then they put a slice of goat cheese on the top and um, walnuts. But I'm allergic to walnuts, so I said, "Don't put the walnuts on there." Oh my god! That sounds like an amazing sandwich. I can do without the walnuts too. Yeah, it was open faced. Oh, even better. Yeah. So you're like looking at it salivating because the color is just beautiful too. Yeah. And that's probably why it's open face. Yeah. It's called Sisters if you ever go to Prague. Sisters. So the average about a dollar twenty-five to a dollar fifty a sandwich. So Prague has the best bars. Some really good bars. cheap sandwiches. Well, the bars. Okay, so first I went to Hemingway's, which is known for classic cocktails. What originally happened was key. I travel by myself, right? So I don't really meet anyone, see anyone except for Venice, my one friend over the three guys that I met in Prague. So he ended up meeting me in Venice. Then I go to the airport in Milan and I'm walking around trying to find my gate because my flight's at seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning. And then I see these two guys standing there and one guy's, he looks Eurasian to me and then another guy's Caucasian. And they're obviously looking for the same sort of gate than I am. And they look at me and they see I'm wearing a Herschel bag. 
And they're like, you're from North America. <laughs> like, yep, where are you guys from? Like, oh, we're Americans. Are you an American too? I'm like, nope, I'm Canadian. We ended up talking. And they're like, well, so we're in Milan and you're in Milan. We're guessing you got that deal. And I'm like, really? You guys got the deal? So it was this not really spoken about thing, but you kind of knew who was on your flight if they were going on the same ticket you were. So we ended up hanging out the whole time in Prague. That's great. Yeah. So going back to Hemingway. So I meet these guys at the airport. We have breakfast. We fly to Prague. I give them an email and I'm getting a cell phone because I, I got a SIM card in every country. Just because I'm a female, I'm traveling by myself. I kind of want it as an emergency and I wanted a little bit of internet for GPS in case I get lost. And so I give them my email address and I said, email me when you get to the hostel or hotel, wherever you're staying. They're staying in a, host uh, in a hotel. And uh, so they said they emailed me, but I never got it. But I also carried two phones, so I think it might have went to my iPhone on iMessage and didn't go to my my um, Android phone. Anyways, long story short, I'm drinking at Hemingway's by myself. I'm like, oh, I guess those guys aren't going to meet me, whatever. Drinking away, and then I hear this familiar voice behind me, and I turn around. And it's Travis and Alex drinking at the bar. I was like, okay, let's go over to talk to them. And I'm like, hey, he's like, did you get my email? And he's showing me and it sent, but I never got it. So it turned out we were supposed to travel together anyways, because we ended up meeting up at that bar. Amazing. Yeah. Happenstance. It does. Happiness That's, dance. Yeah. yeah. And then we ended up drinking absinthe for the first time together. Yes. I saw your posts about absinthe. It's weird. It's like black licorice on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. And did you feel... Yes. Like a different kind of drunk than you've ever felt before? Yes. It starts on the back of your head and you become like really, I don't know, really relaxed. So we we did it that night and then we did it again the next night before we went to the symphony. Do they light the sugar cube and everything? Um, I think they originally did it without. I did it with. And then um, that... So the absinthe that we had the first night was from Switzerland because you're not supposed to drink the local stuff. So note to everybody out there, if you're going to drink absinthe, drink French or Swiss. Don't drink anything else because it's not real. The, the absinthe that we had was 68% the first night. And then the second night we went and we had 70%, which was made by Marilyn Manson. He has his own absinthe. It's called Man... Mansynth or man eat or man mansynth mansynth or man eater or something like that. That's funny. Yeah, because I was like, can I take a picture of the bottle? And I took a picture of the bottle, and it said Marilyn Manson. So he has his own absinthe. It's probably not even sold in North America. It's probably just well, like a do European. We have a band? Isn't it banned here? Right, right. Is so, it or isn't it? I don't remember. I think it is illegal in Americas. Okay, because of the alcohol content. Maybe because too much. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember being a kid, like 18 years old, coming home from Israel, and mm -hmm. I bought it, some wormwood absinthe in duty-free. Yeah. And it just sat on my shelf forever. Yeah. It's probably still there yeah. in my parents' old house. <laughs> I don't know. Or they got thrown out. Yeah. But I was too much of a wuss to it, even... Well, I didn't it. want to do it by myself, so I'm glad I was with the two of That's them. That's great. Yeah. That's so... 
funny how those things happen when you're yeah. traveling. That stuff happens to me too. And I think I attract that and you attract that. I think that's a certain type of traveler that, yeah. that, that those things happen to. Yeah. I go to a country thinking, you know, I'm going to rock this by myself. I'm going to have the best time. And then I'm with 40 people yeah. that I've just met there or like whatever many yeah. people that, you know, you've had there from before and your just groups get bigger and bigger and bigger. So for those who are worried about traveling alone, just do it. Yes. And the more you do it, the more you realize that everyone out there is just looking to say hello to some friendly face mm-hmm. just to make your experience and their experience a little bit nicer. Exactly. I was in Boston recently. I had my Toronto Blue Jays cap on. Mm-hmm. My friend Brenna left to go to the washroom. This girl on the other side of the bar goes, are you from Toronto? Not only did I know the type of girl she was just from her look, I was like, listen, my friend, not only am I from Toronto, but I grew up in the same neighborhood as you. You yeah. look like somebody that grew up in my neighborhood. <laughs> and of course she was. Yeah. And we ended up going to their place after dinner for oh, drinks wow. and stuff. And and we all knew, had mutual friends, and, you know, the power of Facebook. But the funny thing is, all said and done, we left their place to head back to my friend Brenna and my place. And Brenna goes, how do you become five-minute friend, best friends with somebody? Yeah. I was gone for a second to go to the bathroom, yeah. and you're already best friends with this couple, and we're spending yeah. the rest of the night. But like, some people are like that. I think you could just read a person too, right? It's like... I could have just said, like, yes, I'm from Toronto. Thanks. Yeah. Nice to meet you. But yeah. I knew... Yeah. And plus, uh, me being that type of A-type person in, you know, another city, another mm-hmm. country... I was like, yeah, where is this conversation going to take me? Where can you tell me about this place? They actually just happened to move there. Oh, wow. At that time, too, which was nice. But uh, they were also looking for kind of some taste of home, I guess. That's Mm -hmm. when they saw the Blue Jay cap. So Prague has the best bars. Yes. Actually, that wasn't even the best bar. That was the second best bar. The last night, we went to a place called Anonymous, as in like Anonymous Web sort of thing oh like the people like the yeah the, the, but v for vendetta too yeah, so they wear guys. the masks and at first i was like oh it's just a it's just a thing like it's just a gimmick and it totally works so you walk in and they hang your jackets up and they take you in and they give you this menu and they say well here's our drink menu but if you order the password you it opens up a secret menu so it's this gimmick. It totally works because it draws people in. But I was like, ah, what gins do you have? Because I'm a big gin drinker now. And they had my favorite gin. So I ordered this drink that I could never get in Toronto or North America. And then my other friend, Travis, one of the guys that I met at the airport, he ordered the password. And then you open up the menu and they have like a black light. And that's how you can read the rest of the drinks but they were pretty cool like all the secret drinks were pretty impressive and then the main bartender who's also the owner is a magician so when you order these they do like fire shows for some people because that's a part of their drink or even my gimmick was the glass like it was kind of like a snow globey glass that they put this special gin and tonic in and and what was travis's gimmick you remember oh oh travis got the japanese sort of drink so it was made with um plums japanese plums it was really delicious we all tried each other's drinks for sure and then alex there's no germs when you travel no no right and koreans come on everyone yeah from the same plate everything yeah Yeah. i love that yeah and um with alex he was obsessed with japanese whiskey and they had like four different kinds of japanese whiskey at this bar so he was prague prague 
Yeah, right? And it's not expensive. 10 bucks a drink. For us, like, that's normal, and, right? Which is, no, and you're getting so much more than, yeah. for us, that's like a gin and tonic. Yeah. Or like, like a plain a, a, gin and tonic. Or a pint. Yeah, like a rail, right? Yeah, rail like bar, good... maybe a, maybe a little bit above yeah. rail, but still, yeah. I don't care like, to drink rail. The gin I that I was drinking it. was gin mare, which I discovered in Lisbon, which is a Spanish gin that's mostly like rosemary and cardamom and olives, so it just has a special taste. So when they made the special secret drink, it had fresh rosemary in it, it had their own tonics that they had made. So I thought it was delicious. It was the best gin and tonic I've ever had in my life. So Prague had the best bars. Yes. Who had the best food? That's the interesting point for me. Because I would have said Korea, but Philippines, because it's my home. Well, not my home, but my nationality. So it felt like home cooking. Yeah. And it was home cooking, right? Comforting. Comfort food, yes. Like everything defried. It was so delicious. Oh, really? All the weight that I probably lost on my vacation, I probably gained in Philippines. Oh, really? Well, I are they, but they're generally not super heavy people. No, but everything's deep fried. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. I guess you're walking around in the heat. Yeah. Sweat it all off. It was so good though. Where was the least most exciting experience, or somewhere where you're just like I'm bored, or oh, I was never bored, or okay, so do do we dare talk about the wallet? Oh, sure. I think that was my mistake. <laughs> oh. I think because I probably, I think I left it trying to take out money and I couldn't take out money because in the Philippines, there's local banks and there's country banks and I couldn't figure out which bank I needed to do. So in frustration, I think I pulled out my card and then just left my wallet there mm. or I got pickpocketed. I don't know, but. And what country was this? Philippines. Philippines. And... Which is the most dangerous out of all of them. Okay, so. Yeah. You kind of don't know no. because of that reason. Yeah. Any place you wouldn't go back that you're like, okay, I've done this. I don't need to go back again. I'm, if I'm going to go through Europe again, I probably wouldn't go to what? Uh, Milan. Why? Um, Venice was that much cooler? Venice was cooler, but Milan was kind of boring. Everyone said the only thing that you really want to see is the Duomo, which is the cathedral. And... Like, for me, I could, would have loved to go to La Scala and watch an opera, but I didn't have time. Um, the only other cool thing that's really there is the Last Supper. The original Last Supper is there. But that's it. Okay. Like, the food's Italian food, so it's going to be good anyway. Right. I mean, I'm not really a fashionista by any standard in that sort of sense, so... I would skip that. Okay. I just you, I was there because it was the hub, right? That I had to. And you landed the there, yeah. 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 What was the best airline? Um, From where to where was your like a really good flight experience? Probably, I guess Delta, New York to Milan. You know what? I gotta agree with you. My yeah. Delta flight from Detroit to yeah. Seoul was yeah. pretty good. My KLM flight from. Amsterdam to Seoul was good too, but with all the delays, I was very frustrated. I bet. So it's like, forget it. What, what do you do to kill time in the airport? Oh, I met a bunch of people and was talking to them. That's we the only charge. Yeah, we were trying to charge our phones and our iPads and stuff. So I met this guy from the states that was he was he was he was drilling oil in Scotland, and then he was going to help out at the shipyards in Busan. So that was his sort of route to go to Seoul and then I met this expat Korean older gentleman who was who kind of took me under his 
under his wing and was like, hey, make sure you stay away from wolves. Don't talk to many Korean men. He was like warning me about everything. Don't go to this place and don't go here. I feel Korean people in in general, though, have become more Western than anything these days. So they're a lot more lax about that stuff. pop culture is insane versus ours. I think when you see like Taylor Swift or something, when she's here and you see the crowds, think times 10 for Korea. But even here, when there's like a Korean artist that comes to Toronto and plays at one of the casinos or even the amphitheater, we'll have a Korean artist once a summer. Yeah. And I'm sure the prices are ridiculous because um, it costs so much to get them to come over they're here. They're okay. My sister's been to a couple of concerts here, and she's definitely been to New York for a couple of concerts. And for Filipino artists? For Korean artists and okay. Japanese artists, and it's not that bad. Okay, I've been to good. L.A. for a concert, for a Korean concert. I went there. They are rock stars. They almost are. like the same level that Indians yes. put their pop stars yes, on a pedestal. for sure. And the funny thing is you go to Korea and every young boy, mm-hmm. tween, teen, 20-year-old has a guitar. Yep. They all have a Beatles bob and, cut. Yeah, they all have the haircuts. They all have the Beatles bob. They're yeah. all in a band. They're all smoking cigarettes. Yeah. They're and all, they all have the hipster glasses. Oh, the, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, so much, it's almost like they take our Western fads and mm-hmm. like multiply them by yeah. 10. Yeah. And I felt like, like I was a bearded plaid dude in <laughs> korea which yeah. got me attention yeah. only because well the facial hair is one yeah. thing the, the lumberjack look is not as yeah. big there as it is in like the portlands and the brooklands and the torontos so that's what kind of helped me meet people but everybody i would meet for the most part were these beetle bob cut guitars yeah. and c- cigarettes but you're also in the neighborhood for that too though in hongdae yeah, Hong absolutely yeah. well i wanted to live in hongdae because of the indie music yeah. i went to the ff club yeah where i met about... my local yeah. friends and it was amazing like it was free drinks from 11 till 12 mm-hmm. 15 a.m for like a ten dollar cover yeah. it was the one time on the trip i actually drank and yeah. got my money's worth yeah. i'll tell you that much and and we you you know there was a couple of Japanese people there musicians and the music was really cool mm-hmm. but Hongdae is known for its indie rock and its music startups and even you know that whole path in Hongdae with all the arches mm-hmm. like the arts kind of looking yeah. neighborhood it's almost barbecue alley yeah. um, but there's so many barbecue alleys but the real one is in Mahjong right, did right. You, I don't no think I didn't go to, to the, the real one no 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 yeah I mean, trust me every yeah. Other alley is a barbecue yeah. alley, technically. Yeah, I went to the real one. And right, that was where all crazy. the university students go. Or no, where Mahjong. all the people are banging yeah, on the tables yeah, yeah. and stuff. Because yeah. they're, they're pride from their schools, I thought it was. I, I forget. But That's I, what I was told. I yeah. think it was told to me that they're like either alumnus or they're old. Like you sit determined by your school or the yeah. part of the city you're from, yeah. I guess. Well, let's also tell everyone, too, that we went a week apart, right? Yeah. So... Y- it was kind of like, I think I knew a little bit more about Korea than you did before you went. So we were kind of trading a lot of information between us as far as like what to do and what to see. But you've already been there. Yes. But I mean, like you were giving me a lot of pointers too, right? You're like, make sure you eat here. Right. Or, and I was saying, make sure you try to try to save your money like taxes wise here. Or yeah, this. I never did the taxes yeah, thing. Yeah, I did it. I ended up getting back like 70 bucks. Okay. Yeah. So but what did you fair. buy that was... Cosmetics. You your... See, that's just it. Yeah, I know. I, told... I, didn't, I didn't buy anything. Yeah. That's the first thing I said to you. I'm like, uh, are you going with anyone else? Because if you are, like, Korea is number one in, obviously, we were talking about this earlier, plastic surgery, but mm-hmm. 
also cosmetics. Like their yeah. cosmetics are insanely good、uh-huh. and insanely cheap. And the girls are beautiful because、yeah. of it. Yeah, like they really know how to do themselves up there,、yeah. and not to an extreme. No, they're pretty natural too. Like they look pretty natural, and they're all in shape. Yeah, because they tell each other, "You're not in shape. Get in、yeah. shape." Like、yeah. they're very open about that. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Well, they're very open with me too because I tried. Well, I've okay. I'm a five nine Asian woman. That's just doesn't happen, right? And I'm not fat by any means, but I'm not a skinny mini. And so I go to Korea, and in in here I'm like a medium large in Toronto, but in Korea I can't fit into anything. And I went to one store, and I was like, "Hey, what's your largest size?" They're like, "Large." Like I'll try it on, and then they're like, "Don't even try." They're like, "Your chest is too big." I can tell. <laughs>、yeah. I no joke. Yeah. I can remember the one overweight person I saw、oh. in passing in、yeah. Taiwan. Yeah. Because they were the only one I saw,、mm-hmm. and you know, stereotype、mm-hmm. or not, it was in a Taco Bell, <laughs> and I just saw this one. Well, the heavier、foods. person, and that was the only I can only remember that one person out of all the other people I saw in the. Well,、city. their food is pretty healthy, right? It's mostly like grilled or like stews, and it's and all, vegetables, and, yeah, vegetables and kimchi and, and, and seafood. Like a lot of it's seafood based. I mean, you、so. can eat a lot of fried、yeah. stuff there, and chicken, and a lot of, meat,、yeah. and, and a lot of like yeah, fatty meats, especially the pork that you、yeah. grilled and stuff. No, but you're you're right. I mean, literally, if you're eating rice cakes and、mm-hmm. and street food, it's really not that heavy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're not gorging. No. And their portions are a lot different than、yeah. us. I mean, they do have big like barbecue is a big meal. Yeah. But you're also eating it with like four、yeah. people, four or five people. And now, you know there there's three three types of meat. Quality, as far as barbecue is concerned, right? There's three levels, and actually, their meat tastes better to me. I thought the meat tastes better there too because the beef is fed with corn, so there's more marble. Yeah, no, I because we we feed our cattle with grain or with grass, right? Right. But when you feed them with corn, you just it's fattier. Oh my gosh! But I, I feel like you could taste the corn sometimes. Yeah, but I agree that. The Korean barbecue there、oh. outdid every barbecue I've ever had here,、mm-hmm. mostly because they cook it for you. They're talking to you while、yeah. they're doing it, and it's just a better quality product. Yeah. And I found out there. This is my pro tip for anybody、okay. that goes to Korea: kimchi. If you think you don't like it, you no 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 yeah. Grill it. Yes, it's delicious grilled. When I had it there, I only had it grilled. With pork, usually, right? With whatever, whatever,、okay. whatever grill we were grilling,、yeah. I would just I would never eat kimchi raw. Oh, okay. Because it was so much, it milds the flavor a、yeah. bit, and it just makes it a a, a tastier experience.、Yeah. It keeps the texture; the texture stays、yeah. pretty firm. But I couldn't believe, like Korean kimchi in general is better. Sure, their paste is de- is better. Like I mean, it's just made a thousand times more. Well, it's authentic. You know I mean? More authentic. It, yeah, like, I mean. The- With the real ingredients and the real people that have done it that many times more than they'll ever do it here,、mm. but yeah, the the flavor that develops when you grill it is so is far superior than、mm-hmm. any raw kimchi I've had here. And you know that Koreans eat everything raw, right? So I ate raw、right. meat. I had like raw everything, like I raw sashimi. Oh, another pro tip: do not eat salmon、um, sashimi in Korea. Why? It's Canadian. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was told. 
like one of my I met a couple friends there that I that I met seven years ago because my sister actually goes back to Korea every year so we she has a group of friends there and um they said Jose when you went to the fish market did you eat salmon and I said no I went for the crabs and the abalone like local stuff that I really can't get for how that good was here. the abalone oh my god it's ridiculous fr- I had it sashimi oh wow I had it grilled oh I had it raw oh my god it was so good it was good it was so good. So they were telling you that the salmon there is from Canada. And the tuna is from the Philippines. So I had yellowtail. Yes. That sashimi. might have been from the Philippines. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think it, it might was, have been. It, you know, it could have been local. It could have been local. Uh, most likely. The thing yeah. is, we were with a translator. Oh, okay. So you so, probably got the real stuff. Yeah. We probably got... Because yeah. we were with a local. Yeah. I think they weren't messing around yeah. with us. I think the first time I got a little bit messed around... Because yeah. I paid a little bit more, but the it's second time cheap, I didn't... It's not but it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, my friends, we were foursome. We picked our yellowtail. We picked our clams and some abalone. Well, yours was fresh, though, right? Fresh. If it was, if yeah. it was already chopped up, that's probably from the Philippines. Oh, you mean if it was like pre-shishimied? Mm-hmm. Well, like in chunks. Like the salmon was not live in the tanks, right? right? Oh, salmon. I only ate stuff that was live in the tanks. Okay, okay, good. And we picked our yellowtail... They sashimi it for you. They give you the head and the guts. They mm-hmm. put it in a plastic bag and they send you to a restaurant upstairs. Yeah. And you had the you had the fish head soup. So they take the guts and the head yeah. and they make a soup for you right away. You eat your sashimi Japanese style because that's basically what it is. And, you know, you had some soy sauce and wasabi. It was really good. Yeah. It was the best sashimi I've ever had. It was fresh. It was done all right yeah. in front of our eyes. Like it didn't see, it seemed almost not real. Yeah. And then we got our boiled clams and our grilled abalone and it was less yeah. than a hundred bucks for yeah. four people. See, like you got, you were lucky because you had other people. Like I was by myself. So, yeah, so I could only yeah, get so much selection. certain things. So it's not like I could get like a, a sashimi fish because they're... It's it a was, whole fish. A yeah. Whole fish. So that's why I was eating crab all the time. I saw that. And I, and I think that's a better move yeah. for the single because yeah. it's smaller pieces of meat. Yeah. It's a it's a tastier and you're getting more for the yeah. amount of work you're putting into it. Yeah. So that's it. I would say that go to the fish. I would say go to the fish market every day. I, I know. mean, to be I honest. I went twice. Yeah. I went twice, yeah. You ha- like, I mean, the fish market's probably the best part because, I mean, they exist in New York and they exist in Japan. Or and here, they, too. Like, they kind of exist here. Yeah. You can't really go there and eat. Oh, well, that's true. Well, you St. know Lawrence, what I mean? Maybe. St. Lawrence. If, maybe. if you want to count it that as yeah. a fish market, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like that. I mean, no. I've never been to something like that in Korea. And it didn't smell rotting no. at all. No. It smelled like fresh yeah. fish. Yeah. I was quite impressed. Yeah. I was quite impressed. It, it, I expected there to be less sanitary experience, mm-hmm. it to be a less sanitary experience, and it was quite enjoyable. Well, you and I both agree then, fish market and barbecue, like, are musts. Yeah, Korea. grill that kimchi, yeah. eat that fish <laughs> at the fish market, and don't look back. And I mean, be adventurous like me and try raw octopus. Yeah, raw live and octopus. blood, and, and, and yeah. do that stuff, even if you don't think you're going to like it, get it to yeah. you when it's in front of you, you've paid yeah. for it, you just kind of have to yeah. dive in, and, and yeah. I mean, absinthe too, that's pretty adventurous. Yeah. Josie, your trip sounds unbelievable, and I want to hear or see what you do with your experiences and your story. Yeah. So keep us posted, okay? And we'll we'll link it up uh, when this goes live, okay? And I just want to say thank you for coming to catch up with me. No problem. It's been man. a much needed catch up session instead of Facebook. Yeah, I know it's amazing the power <laughs> of Facebook. You could talk to your friends forever and never see them, yeah. and they live like fifteen minutes away. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for coming. No problem.
Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thank you.